Well, we are so excited to be back from our sabbatical. Um, we had a wonderful time and it's interesting kind of uh, all the things that have been transpiring since we've been gone, but it's wonderful that we have technology like this to help us stay um, in touch with each other. You guys have done a wonderful job this week of joining your small groups and joining together and still staying in community. I really appreciate you for that. And I've really been excited to share a word with you. So in a very non-formal way, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I want to start in Romans 8, verse 28, and it says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And I think the key here is, that all things work together for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. It's always His purpose first. Um, he doesn't even consider our purpose in here. He says, if you want me to work things out uh, for your good, then you must submit to the purposes I have for your life. And really, many of us, that's our journey, isn't it? It is not just as a discovery, but it's more about submitting to his purposes, discovering his purpose for our life, and then submitting to it. There are some of you that don't know what your purpose is, and we want to talk a little bit. I want to talk with you a little bit today about what could be preventing you from discovering what it is God wills and has and plans for your life. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, I kind of wrote this down this week. If our life is metal, it is the building blocks that God is going to build um, his purpose with, then God's purpose is the magnet that draws us upwards towards the goal that's in Christ Jesus. And there, for all of us, whether you're a believer, whether you're saved or not saved, there is a sense in all of us that we are being drawn towards something greater than ourselves. And I think that's so important because many of us wake up in the morning and we wonder what what is the purpose of all of this. That force that draws us, which is God and His will for our lives, is drawing that which is in you that he that has not yet been manifested yet. Um, that thing, when He draws you, He's not drawing you, He's drawing the thing that He put in you that He's trying to get out of you. An acorn is has all the potential inside of it to, uh, to be a mighty oak tree but its position matters. And, and so when we look at acorn, we just see a seed, we see a nut. Uh, there are many of you that, that are, are people that you know that are nuts, but just because you're a nut doesn't mean you don't have tremendous amount of potential. And when people look at you, they see a nut, but God has rolled up inside of you the potential to be something great. There's a lot of things that are prerequisites for those, that potential that God's put in us, to be able to be manifested to the world around us. If I were to take an acorn and I were to put it right here on this table and I were to leave it here on this table, that acorn three years from now would be an acorn, but its position matters. And so when God says, I have a purpose for your life, it's his purpose and he's drawing us upward towards his purpose. And he's not necessarily drawing us, the us that's here, he's drawing the potential out of us. And so how are you positioning yourself in relation to God and what He wants for your life. Um, 
those that have not given into the draw um, live confused lives. And you live your life at the mercy of others and their opinion of you um, until you wake up and realize that you're God's child and he has a specific and particular way that he wants to use you in your life. Many of us have uh, people in our life that have spoken things over us. Um, many of us have ideas and plans for our life, but it is important for us to not live our life at the mercy of others and their opinion of us, or even their opinion of what they want for us over what God wants for us. You need to understand that you were uniquely designed to make a specific contribution to the world. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by accident. You're not merely waking up in the morning and going to your job and just earning a paycheck and barely making it through the day. When God created you, he had a very specific purpose in mind. You're unique. You're an individual. There is none like you. And just like our fingerprints, you're very specifically wired to do something specifically powerful in our world. When we don't understand that, we simply go through the motions and the world begins to capture us and bend us into what it wants instead of what God wants. And we're no longer effective for him. The effect that he put in us doesn't really transform us and affect the world around us. So God uniquely designed you to be a contributor. Your value is always predicated upon your uniqueness. You are no longer valuable if you're the same as something else. One of the things that when they make products, uh, small businesses make products, they, they want to offer a product that's specifically unique to and meets a specific need in the world. I love Shark Tank. Shark Tank is great. They, they have inventors. They have uh, entrepreneurs that come in and they present a product that meets a specific need and a specific niche. And that product, because of its unique ability to meet that need, then, then brings dividends to the world. My question to you is, how have you met a need in a unique way that nobody else has met that need? Because God has wired you with that kind of purpose inside of you. And, our, and my goal, um, and I think it should be all of our goals, is to not strive for sameness, but to discover our uniqueness in Christ. And the only way we can do that is to understand that he has a purpose greater than your purpose for your life. And we need to begin to ask him what that is. I want to start off uh, by talking about some of the things that prevent us from discovering God's purpose for our life. The first one is this, lack of focus. We are live in a very unfocused, undisciplined, uncommitted, and distracted generation. And we could, we could attack social media, we could attack phones and television, we can attack all those, but the reality is for generation to generation, we're very easily distracted. We have a very hard time focusing on anything for any amount of time at all. And this... This affects everything. This affects our relationships. We get bored with relationships. Um, we were madly in love and we were together for 10 years and we got bored with each other because we can't focus on the things that matter. We go to that church and 
we can't focus. We, we, we go from place to place to place, never really putting our roots down anywhere, never really being committed, never really focusing on one thing long enough to be great at something. Uh, there are many people in the world that are masters of many things and uh, are actually, what is it, what is it called, Brooke? It's not um, masters of... Uh, master of disguise? No, not master of disguise. Uh, jack of all trades, but master of none. And um, I think that, you know, in my life, uh, when I was younger, I used to pride myself on my ability to know a little about a lot instead of knowing a lot about a few things. And the older I get, the more I realize that there are some certain peripheral things in my life that must fall by the wayside so that I can be great at the one thing God has asked me to do. Um, the reality is that all of us have tendencies to be easily distracted. Um, some of you probably already been distracted already. You have kids that are probably jumping on your lap while you're trying to watch this, the coffee maker finished brewing, um, the dog jumped up and spilled, and, and you had coffee in your hand, you spilt it on yourself, and there are so many things that distract us. But there are actually people that have been diagnosed um, with a thing that we actually call ADD. Attention Deficit Disorder. And where literally the makeup of their brain is off balance enough that it's hard for them to focus. As this is true with the physical life, it is also true with the spiritual life. And the reality is some of us may not have ADD physically. We may not have been diagnosed with ADD physically, but there are many of us in our spiritual walk or ADD. And we have spiritual ADD. Some of us have ADHD, hyperactive spirituality where we do everything, but never really do anything wholeheartedly. And so we, this, this week I'm gonna be a missionary and this week I'm gonna be a prophet and this week I wanna be a minister and this week I wanna be a priest and, and now I'm gonna start a pantry so I can feed the hungry and now I'm gonna be in the worship band because I didn't get enough attention from all that other stuff. And we go from one thing to the other thinking that outward uh, outward connections and outward manifestations of our heart for God is where we discover our purpose. And that's not, we, we never discover our purpose through external activity, but we always discover our purpose through inward revelation. And the reality is, if you want to know what God's will is for your life, then you need to slow down and you need to stop being busy you need to stop being ADHD and you need to seek him. That's why it says in the Bible, seek him, seek first the kingdom, and then all of those other things will be added to you, is that he's asking us to seek him. The reality is we are so, we're so busy trying to make it that we never really honor the present. And many of us, and I, I wrote this in my, as I was kind of, going over stuff. I wrote, dignify the present with your attention. Um, you know, many of us have kids, but we, and they're jumping and are asking, there's a reason why your kids go, mommy, 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 is because we're not dignifying the moment with our attention. And, and I know, I know, you know, you, you got that, you got that pot on the stove and that stove matters, but your child matters. And the reality is we get so busy doing life that we forget to dignify the moment at hand. 
And really God is asking us, could you dignify a moment? Could you dignify this moment to actually consider and ask what my purpose is for your life? I want you to do this with me. I want you to look at the person next to you and I want you to ask them this question. Do you have a disorder? Do you have a disorder? Um, Our lack of focus in life is oftentimes due to being distracted by other people. Uh, I wore this hat and I'm not trying to be hip. I wore this hat because you can see right now, this hat is actually pretty straight. I remember um, when I when I first met my wife, I wore hats like this, and then and then they went to this time where they took these hats. Like, oh, I don't want to do it, and they like I'll do it. I'll do it for you. All right, I'll do it for you. And they would curl them down. Now now this is this is what a cowboy does for their hats now. Except you got to rub a bunch of mud and sweat all up in there, and then and so and they would wear the hats like that. And so I remember in the youth group, they tried to get me to go from this to go to the curl hat because the curl hat was in, in style. And then, then I had kids and they grew up and they became teenagers and I had a curled hat and they began taking my hat and flattening my hat back out. And they said, this is how you should wear your hat. <laughs> I was influenced by someone else and what someone else felt, thought I should do, how I should wear my hat how I should look, the way I should live. And did you know that everything you do can be so influenced by everyone else that you lose the ability to ever be satisfied with you? You can be haunted by others' success. You can be haunted by others' talents, by others' giftings. You can be intimidated by an assignment that God never gave you. You can be, uh, you can feel guilty about other people's assignment that yours isn't good enough. I'm not accountable to the gifts that God's given you. You are accountable for the God's gifts God's given you. You know why we want other people to be accountable to the gifts he's given us? And it's because we find our value in earthly partnership over a heavenly one. And we have people in the church that have different giftings. And it is very interesting because the, it is it, what I've seen over the years is people that have a strong gifting want everyone else to partner with them in their gifting. But the problem with that is God didn't give that gift to everyone else. He gave that gift to you for you to be responsible with. And, and the reason why we, we tend to try to transplant our gift and put it on everyone else is because we are more comfortable with earthly partnership than a heavenly one where God has given us something and he wants us to be responsible for it. My mom can't be responsible for my gift. My wife can't be responsible for my gift. My kids can't be responsible for my gift. I am responsible for my gift. And you've got to get to a place where you where you deal with the cards God gave you. Be careful to not get distracted because distraction is a disorder that robs you from being all that God intended you to be. We've got to stop trying to be something he did not intend us to be. That's why I love David because David, Saul tried to give David his armor and he said, I'm not going to put your armor on me. I'm not going to dress up like you. I, I have God created me as a shepherd 
and I can go to battle and I can go to battle without putting on you. Now, if we're going to put on any, anybody who we need to put on, according to the Bible, is to put on Christ. And, and so, but I'm afraid that in the church today, we spend more time putting on other people than we do putting on Christ. Second Corinthians says this, Second Corinthians 10, 12 through 14, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has anointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. Now listen to that. We will not boast beyond the measure that we are measured. We'll not boast beyond that. We will not, but within the limits of the sphere which God anointed us. So we will, we will only judge ourselves based on what God has called us to. For we are not overextending ourselves beyond what they're called to. And many of us are trying to overextend ourselves beyond what God's called us to because we think there's something better. And God said, I have given you this. Run well within what I have measured out for you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. Listen, basically what I feel like this is in summary is this. Comparison will make you miserable. I want to make an announcement. You can still be saved and live a miserable life. And God wants us to get to a place where we discover what his will is for our life. Not our pastors, not our families, not our friends, not those around us that seem anointed, but what his will is for our life. Um, I, I don't know, I can't even remember who, who mentioned this. They uh, said that, um, that we are promoted to the same measure we're equipped to bear pain. And I think that we live, this is another thing that prevents us from stepping into God's will for our life is because that when we try to live according to what the church says or what we've seen in the world or what we've seen on TV, or what we've seen on social media, um, uh, I, I'm afraid that we are, I'm afraid that we're entering a world. I, I believe this, okay, let me say it this way. When we try to shape our destiny, when we try to shape God's purpose for our life, we try to shape it without pain. But everything God purposes for your life requires pain. And, and in a world where self-promotion and quick promotion has become an, a normal everyday reality in the kingdom, promotion does not come without pain. It is part of it. And because we want to avoid pain at all costs, some of us never truly discover what God is trying to call us into and call out of our lives. Um, uh, so my, was my grandmother said, everybody's much. It was, uh, so basically, Paul is calling us to operate within the measure that we've been measured. Um, but uh, my grandma, I remember her used to saying, everybody's much is much to them. Meaning I, I had a conversation with her one day and I said, yeah, you know, um, I've been going through this. I've been going through this and it's really tough. And, and she said, 
it, it seems it seems like a lot, Sean. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's just it just it's just a, it's just a whole lot. And she goes, well, everybody's much is a lot is much to them. And and I, I just I think that's so important um, because you know I think sometimes, particularly in ministry, we try to connect with people by sharing story about our much. Um, but our much never really matches their much. Your much is your much to carry, and their much is their much to carry, and they're equipped and wired to handle what you were never equipped and wired to handle. And it's not about comparing how much I've dealt with versus how much you've dealt with. It's about measuring it according to what God has entrusted to your life and, um, and what he's anointed for you to carry. And there are some of us, I'll just be honest with you, that are wired to carry more than I'm wired. There are leaders that are wired to carry more than I'm wired to carry. And, um, and that's okay. And um, I want to say this too, because I think, you know, we, we live in a generation where we never really want somebody to surpass us, um, to be promoted beyond us, to have more opportunity than us. Um, but I'm only wired to handle so much. God's only purpose me to deal with so much. And some of us try to deal and handle the weight that we were never wired to handle. So we so we take so we say yes to positions we should say never say yes to. We say yes to promotions that we should never say yes to. And there's some there's some uh, businessmen that are watching this right now. You've you 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 enjoyed your life. You got a great paycheck. Everything was great, and then someone offered you a promotion. Now you knew that this promotion was going to come with a lot of headache. And, and you didn't know if you're really equipped to do it, but the paycheck spoke to you. You thought it would be a great opportunity. It'd be great for your resume. And so you said yes, and they promoted you. And then you realized that it was too much for you. And you serve better here than you do here. And there are people even in ministry that they, they know that they're great as an associate. They're great as a support staff. They were never called to be a lead pastor, but because they want to be in this, what they call as the spotlight, then they then they take a position that they were not wired to take. Because not everybody can be a lead pastor. And 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 I, I'm just telling you, there are some people that are wired to be support. And when we begin to see how God's wired us and how He's purposed us, and we step into that purpose, then we not only we not only bless God, but we edify the body the way he intended for it to be edified. Um, uh, uh, I broke this. You can't handle my much. You can only handle your much. And when it comes to much, uh, too much for me might not be too much for you. So I shouldn't stop you from going places that your much will allow you to go to just because I'm tired. And when you work on teams, we need to allow people to go places that we can never go without being inferior. See, see inferiority, complex, pride, um, arrogance, um, uh, just being frustrated because other people are accomplishing what you, you know what that is? That's you trying to live according to your purpose that you plan for your life and, and instead of embracing what God has purpose for you. See, when you know what God has purpose for you, when you know what God has called you to do and you embrace that, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. We can actually celebrate and champion other people for going into their God's purpose for them. Uh, what else do I want to say here? Uh, I, I wrote this, God gifts you 
God will gift you an opportunity. And what you do with it is your gift back to him. And I think that, um, I think that's good. I think that's good. God gifts you with an opportunity and what you do with it is your gift back to him. I'm afraid God is very good at giving gifts and we're very bad at returning it. And um, Jeremiah 17, seven through eight says this. 17, Jeremiah 17, seven through eight. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is, is the Lord. Listen to that. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. I think one of the things that prevents us from stepping into God's purpose for our life is that God is not our hope. How he uses us is our hope. What we, what we accomplish here on earth is our hope. How he gifts us is our hope. Whether we'll be valuable is our hope. See, we, we, for, we are forsaken God and we've forsaken the kingdom for the things of the world. And it can happen so easily. I mean, it just can happen. But blessed is the man. This is a blessed man. See, some of us think we're blessed, but we're not really blessed. We're actually cursed because we have put the Lord second and we put stuff first. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. It doesn't say who, whose hope will be the Lord, but whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be, so listen to what this person looks like. This kind of a person that lives this way, whose hope is the Lord and who trusts the Lord, this is what they look like in the kingdom. Not in the temporal, but this is what they look like in the kingdom. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes. Now, I just want you to know right now, we're living in a very heated, heated time of our life. And, um, and so my question to you is, do you trust the Lord and do you hope in the Lord? Or do you trust your retirement and you hope in your retirement? Um, do you trust in the Lord? Do you hope in the Lord? Or do you trust in your house and hope in your house? Do you trust in the Lord and hope in your, on the Lord? Or do you trust your job and hope in your job that you'll keep it? It says that people that trust in the Lord and hope in the Lord, they'll be like trees planted by waters, which spread out their roots by, by the river and will not fear when the heat comes. Do not fear. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Let me ask you a question. When people see you in this season, do they see a dried and shriveled up Christian? Or do they see somebody that's still healthy, fruitful, and happy? But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Meaning that even in times like this, believers still bear the fruit of Christ. Um, so basically what we learn is that trust plants. Some of us have never really fully stepped into the purpose God has for our life because we don't trust them. And we're like an acorn that's been sitting on this table or sitting on a shelf over here that's been there for years. Some of you have been shelved and you act like a nut and you have potential to be greater than a nut, but you're still just a nut. You're a nut at church. You're a nut at, at your job. You're a nut at home. You're just a big nut. You're a Christian nut. And I want you to know 
you have all the potential in the world for God's will to be realized through your life, but you don't trust him. And it says that if you want to go from being a nut to being a mighty tree that is like planted by rivers of living water, that in season and out of season you bear the fruit of Christ, if you want to be like that, if you want to live according to his will, if you want what's in you, to be realized outside of you. If you want to be more than just a nut, you have to trust God. It's that simple. Trust God above everything else in your life because it says this, trust plants. Now, here's the thing about trust that's so interesting. The very first thing that happens in your life when you trust him, and this is why people don't discover God's will because they don't trust and because they don't focus and because they, they listen to everybody else and they want to live according to what everybody else says. And they, they, they know, there are some people who know that trust buries. It buries you away from the world. It buries you away from the activity. It buries you away from the light. It puts you underground, but it's not there to bury you because you're dead. It's there to bury you so that you will come to new life. And, and I think it's really important that there in every Christian's life for us to discover the purpose of God for us and for us to step into the full potential of what he wants in our life to be manifest in this life and in this, at this time, it requires a bearing season. Every person that discovers their purpose will go through a bearing season where everything is stripped away and every person is stripped away. And, and every uh, all your stuff is stripped away. I'm not saying he's going to make you suffer. I'm not going to say you're going to be like Job and you have boils and your family's going to die. And and but there is a lonely season that is required for us to truly realize his purpose for our life. And and in a world where we are inundated with noise and inundated with stuff and inundated with business, we are. I believe it is a personal attack on God's purpose for our life, because for us to realize our purpose, we have to go through a bearing season where everything else is cut off. And the only thing that nut receives is the nutrients from the soil, the water that comes from above, and sun that slowly hits the ground. That is it. So we have it. We have the spirit we have the good soil, and we have the sun. Those things become a priority to help that nut become all God intended for it to be. Um, I, I love this. Um, you know, we, we want to say, well, God's going to use me. And, and we come to service, and we have shallow worship services, and we have shallow preaching. We have, listen, we go home, and we have a shallow devotional life. I don't know why I'm throwing my hands up like that. It's kind of weird. We have a shallow devotional life. Um, we, we have shallow relationships with our husband and wife. We have shallow engagement with God. We have a shallow prayer life. Everything in our life is shallow. Do we pray? Yes. Very seldomly. Do we read the Bible? Yes. Once a year. Do we go to church? Yes. Five weeks out of the year. Do we, do we go to, do, do we, do we love God? Yes. When it's convenient for us and when things are going wrong and we need his help. It's shallow. Our life is shallow. But I want you to know that trees planted by rivers of living water, it says their roots go deep. And some of us want to be watered with, with the water that comes from the word. But we are shallow Christians 
and we are tossed to and fro by every wind because we're shallow. And God says, and, and, then, and then this is the crazy thing too, is then we have people that are filling our church like this. There, there are people that, there, our, our churches are being filled with shallow people, but they want deep revelation from God. It didn't work that way. Actually, the Bible says, deep Christ unto deep. So if you want God to cry out and share his purpose for your life, you've got to stop being a shallow Christian because shallow doesn't cry out to deep and deep doesn't cry out to shallow. I just want you to know, I just don't work that way. And so if you want God to cry out from the deep to the deep, you have to get deep, meaning that you have to allow your life to be buried. You have to focus on him, make him a priority. You have to ignore the things of the world and, and, the, and the, what other people have to say about your life. You need to ignore your list that you've made. And you said, hey, these are my purposes. This is what I want to accomplish. These are my goals. These are my plans. I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm saying, are they God? Uh, they might be good, but are they God? It's great you want to spend time with your kids, but maybe he don't want you to spend time with your kids right now. Maybe he wants you to spend time with him because spending time with him makes the time you spend with your kids better. And some of us need to understand you can't do it all. You can't be the best mom that the world has ever seen. At the same time, you're the best employee the world has ever seen. And you can't be the best follower of Christ at the same time. that You, it's, it's, it, you have to prioritize. You cannot do it all you need to listen and you need to seek God because out of the overflow of seeking Him, He adds those other things and we become better at them. So kind of as a recap, I want to say this. It said that God works all things together for those who love Him and those that are called according to His purpose. God wants us to realize His purpose for our life. There are some things that are preventing us from realizing the purpose. One, we're unfocused. Two, we're undisciplined. Three, we listen to the opinions of men over the opinions of God. And the last thing is we don't trust him and we don't hope in him. And, and because we don't trust and hope him, we are, we, are, we are untapped potential. And we are living nuts who walk around and we're giving a bad name to the gospel and to the kingdom of God because we just look like a bunch of crazy nuts out here that have never really grown into the potential that really would be mighty for God and for his kingdom. And because we don't trust and hope in him, we're not buried. We don't have a bearing season where we can grow into all that God's called us to be. So I just pray for us as a church family that we begin to understand the importance of his purpose for our life, not our own. Lord, we love you very much. We're thankful for who you are, and we're thankful for this church family. And um, Lord, we're thankful for your word. I just pray, especially now, over each person as they reflect about the things that are distracting them, things that are preventing them. Maybe, maybe someone here this morning has ADD. They just can't pay attention to anything long enough to make any earthly difference at all. Some of us are spiritually ADHD. We're going from thing to thing to thing, busying ourselves with this, that, and the other, you know, and wanting to do stuff for the ministry, but also wanting to make a living. Listen, every time you say yes to God, it costs you something. And so God, I pray that for each person who wants to be used mightily for your kingdom, that they will, that you give them the wisdom and the ability to understand this morning that if they're going to be used um, for you, they have to be willing to let go of the things 
that they've held so dearly to. Um, it, we, we don't get to be used by, mightily by you on the mission field and keep everything back here in the States. It doesn't work that way. God, so, so even any great missionary has to let go of things here to be, to be used over here. And I'm afraid we have people in our church. I'm not thinking about anything specific, but I, I just know not only in our church, but in the world, I have friends, I have pastor friends, God, that they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. And I'm just telling you, it didn't work that way. Lord, I pray for revelation this morning that you would help them to not be so ADHD trying to accomplish everything, but never really accomplishing anything because they want the world, they want the things of the world, and they want the things of God at the same time. Help them to release their hold on those things so they can be pulled up into who you want them to be. Then, God, I pray that you would help us to understand that many of us are not trusting you, that we're not. It says, blesses the man that trusts in the Lord and those whose hope is the Lord. Lord, I pray that my hope is you. I pray that my kids' hope is you. Lord, I pray that they see me hoping in the Lord more than anything else. And Lord, I pray you gave a promise here that those who trust in the Lord and hope in the Lord will be planted. And so Lord, I pray that you take this nut and you plant this nut in a, in a bearing season that I might manifest the fullness of what you want for me in my life. And that that which you put in me, your purpose, your, your will for me, that's specific and unique for the world, that it provides it provides a solution. This unique thing in me provides a solution for our world. And Lord, I pray that it begin to gestate and to grow and to manifest in the world in which I live. And I go from being a nut to being something mighty for your kingdom. And your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.